Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Copiello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you this week? I am doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I am very excited to talk to you this week because you got to experience something that I've just had to look at walls over the last what feels like years just looking at it in Epcot since they've started this transformation. You got a chance to walk through and preview Moana Journey of Water. I am so excited to share the preview with you. It really exceeded my expectations. I think guests are going to love it. And October 16th, the general public opening date can't come soon enough. And it's right around the corner, which is really, really exciting. I know just like everybody else that's been to Epcot recently, every conversation I have with folks is I just keep saying there's a lot of construction. There's a lot of construction. So let's lead with the the question for folks that maybe haven't been to Epcot since this construction started. Where is this Moana Journey of Water attraction? So I will say there's still a lot of construction. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, and I was at the parks a couple of weeks ago and very excited because – this is going to sound super dorky, but several walls came down and changed and were replaced with planters and different things. And you really thought you were getting a peek into Moana, but it's not so easy to peek into unless if you really want a sneak peek, ride the monorail from Magic Kingdom over. And when the monorail makes that giant loop of the park, you can look down. That's where so many of us have been looking for for, for so, so long. True. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're finally going to start to see this vision. They came out with this map that they've been showing for years now. Right. I mean, we're going on probably five years that this new Epcot master plan came about. Right. And they talked about neighborhoods. They were going to create the four neighborhoods and they've got this spiffy little color map and when you walk in the park right in front of you is going to be celebration to your left is discovery to your right is nature and then behind them all is the world showcase as we now know it well and the, and and the, the phrase neighborhood obviously you know bringing to mind the original concept right experimental prototype community of tomorrow we're giving neighborhoods we're making it sound like it's someplace that's livable even though according to Everything I've read to date, there's no one going to be living inside of any of these neighborhoods. They're just cute names at this point. Not unless you count some wildlife. <laughs> All right. No, so- no, no guests, no cast will live in the neighborhood. But this is a large part of the nature neighborhood. Right. Um, and it's a great fit as we learn not just this isn't an attraction all about the movie. It's how to take that great intellectual property, Moana, and everything Moana stands for, and let her really deliver an important message. Because Epcot has been about seeing the future, where might things go, but also a high level of education. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, as a small child, I remember the education aspect of Epcot. It's part of what lives near and dear in, in my heart and most people that really, really love this park. So it's living in the nature area that makes total, total sense. 
give us your first impressions. I mean, you already said that you loved it, but give us the first impressions of, of as you actually saw this thing for the first time. I did love it. And again, I was there as an adult, so I didn't need all the hokey character stuff. It was infused with enough character that you could love it and appreciate it. Kids could really get into it, but the message was clear. It was highly interactive. One of the most interactive things I've seen them do in a long time. It was educational. And I feel like I say this so often, but the Imagineers really hit it out of the park. The design on it is phenomenal. I I can't imagine how many hours and months went into this because there was multiple themes going on at the same time, but subtly overlaid, you know, talking about the character element of it, staying true to the movie, but more importantly, staying true to Epcot and the theme that they were trying to deliver here about our planet and water and conservation and not to steal another attraction's name, but living with the land. Well, and I think that's why this attraction always made sense to me as I looked at how they were reimagining Epcot into those four neighborhoods with nature being one of them. It just seems to make total sense. And I love when you're able to tie an intellectual property like Moana, which is something that now my children have grown up with as really one of their their native movies. When they think Disney, it's one of them that they think of. That's just this generation of Disney fan. And you tie it to the messages about nature and you, and you tie it in proximity to living with the land. So to me, it's not something that you're just saying as a broken record, the Imagineering, the design, it's legitimate. And every Imagineer that we've spoken to on this show, when, when we used to talk pretty consistently to Imagineers, you know, that's their gig. They have to make sure that everything seems to make sense. Everything seems to tie together. But I'd be remiss if I didn't attack it from a different angle because this attraction, just like every other attraction that gets brought into the fold here, has some different things that people are said about it. So what have you heard about it that doesn't necessarily line up with what you saw? I have to be honest, except for people being, my kids are going to love Moana. I heard a lot of negativity. Yeah. I heard it doesn't belong in this park, that they should have put it over in Animal Kingdom. I think it fits well, just like you were just talking about and that idea of nature. And again, that idea of the educational component. And then I heard a lot of disappointment that it's not a ride. And listen, I love a good ride as much as anybody else. But some of the things that truly deliver that educational element, look at something like living with the land. Do I need them to put me on a boat and run me through this attraction? I would miss so much And I would have to like the attraction probably 80% less than I do. So I think attractions don't have to be rides. You know, there's so much to it and you wouldn't be able to get it if you weren't walking through and interacting with it. And I hope you all get to see it soon. I'd love to hear feedback, but it definitely exceeded my expectations. And I think for all the naysayers that are out there all over social media, 
they just like to hear themselves talk. They haven't seen it yet, and they're going to love it as well. Well, I'm going to just get up, get up on the soapbox for, for 10 seconds, and I don't really like to do it that often, but I think sometimes when we think of Walt Disney World and attractions, as you said, we think of a ride, and sometimes rides are passive experiences. And I, I applaud the Imagineers at this point for making this what appears to be a very active experience. It's not a passive experience. And when you think of Epcot and you think of the festivals and you think of the different things that get constructed and different attractions that get built per season, per festival, there's nothing passive at all about this theme park. Sands for a couple of the attractions that they've put in there, which are wonderful, but the reality is Epcot by nature, no pun intended right now, is not meant to be a passive experience. It's meant to be an active one. And so I think we owe it to the Imagineers to wait to see the completion of those four neighborhoods to really judge whether its place is appropriate or not. I think it's very hard. When I think of some of the other things in Epcot, you know, I think of like the playgrounds that they've added. Right. Those are obviously a highly interactive item, but for a very narrow audience. Correct. Obviously, I don't have young children, but if you know me at all, you know when I do these experiences, I'm participating in them and taking it in as any guest would, but probably 40 to 50% of my time I'm watching how everybody else is taking it in. Right. And I mean, I saw people from literally about 18 months old to I'm guessing somewhere up in their 90s <laughs> and everybody was interacting with it. So, uh, again, Grand Slam out of the park with it. If you can get that broad an audience to all interact with things and ooh and ah and really have to drag some people away because they didn't want to stop playing. And that was more the adults than the kids. <laughs> All right. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Literally walk us through the attraction because very few people have had the opportunity to walk through it. We've seen some of it from our bird's eye view on the monorail, as you mentioned. But walk us through the experience so we know once we get there, start to finish, what we're set to experience. I'd love to. And it is about an experience. It's not like going into the World Showcase where you can start wherever you want and finish where you want and skip over things. It has an entrance. It has a true pathway that you follow. You can spend less time or no time somewhere, but it is a definite walkthrough experience. Um, and I believe that when it opens for months to come, it is set up to hold a queue because I think it's important that they not overflow that area so that everybody can really take part in the experience. It begins with a great photo op and a sign that it says very clearly, you can get wet, but you don't have to. Hmm. And that's another one of those Imagineering elements that I think kind of had me in awe. There were certain paths where you got wet if you walked that way. But the signage was very clear. Go left and cross this bridge, and it's a dry bridge. Go right and cross this bridge, you will get wet. You both saw the same things. It wasn't like getting on a genie line and missing part of the queue. 
it is outside open air and you could see from one path to the other at all times. But some had water elements that went on people. And I will say it, it kind of felt like, you know, 190 yesterday when I was there. And so a little bit of getting wet wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> what about the characters? How are the characters interwoven into it? I will say that I had a little bit of a fail and we were not allowed to kind of turn around and start again. I was told that there are 17 characters throughout. Um, they don't all appear in the same way. Some of them are carved into the rocks. Some of them are carved out of rock. Um, I will be working on a little guide. I'm going back in another two weeks for a second preview and we'll have something on our website that you can download for all of the characters. But keep an eye on our social. I've got a good number of them already. I will say, hey, hey, finally got his own spot. Pua is there. Of course, Moana, um, the sailboat. So lots of great things to see. Again, adding to that level of interactivity. You mentioned the word trail when you were talking about, like, you could take this trail or that trail. You got to help me out here. So is this something where it's it's two trails? How, give me a little bit of a, a breakdown of the language that, that I'm expected to have here and really how it plays into the directions we can go, where it starts, etc. You bet. So it's called an exploration trail. It's divided into nine areas of water because, again, the key thing behind this is the education and it's understanding the water cycle and all the different parts of our world that make up water. But also again, to kind of not have everybody just standing there and reading the majority of these nine areas had a really fun interactive element. The trail really guides you, but then there are some parts like we got to a very small little lake. Mm -hmm. um, and when you got to the lake, it said wet area, dry area. <laughs> and so it was just how you went over the lakes or through the lakes. But again, almost think of it if you've been during the Flower and Garden Festival and you've been to the Butterfly House. Yep. That was actually one of the first things I thought of when you started describing this. It has a very distinctive trail. You start at the beginning, you end at the end. I would say, and I'm really bad here, but I would say that the Butterfly House is probably 10 to 15% of the length of the trail. Okay. And just imagine, like I said, there's three spots that I can think of that kind of have a fork in the road but again you're able to see that other side the entire time so it's not like oh let me do the dry side now let me do the wet side so i can see what's different right it's very obvious what's different you're not getting wet i'm getting wet <laughs> and you're gonna see how i'm getting wet because i'll walk you through all of the different areas and it really is thought-provoking even as an adult i mean listen we all understand things like stream and mist and water spouts and all of those things sure but to go through them you know one right after the other and really kind of think about it and play with it it does give you a new feeling for what is going on i will say they are clear when you start and throughout 
A, so that you understand, and B, so that you don't drink it. This is not a wasted water ride. It is continually reflowing the same water. So it's not, you know, it's a recycled water. Do not put your water bottle under any of the little spouts that are meant for you to play with to get a drink. Yeah. Um, that is not what this is about. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned the water cycle though. So take us through it. Every section that you get to starts with a sign of where you are in the cycle. And then again, most of them have an interactive part. So we start with rain. Um, again, we all know what rain is and it's this monster rock that they have and cut out of the rock or I think they have six or seven little stations, again, because you're going to have one family kind of at each station, which, again, that's why you don't know how long this is going to take. It depends how many things you want to stop at. My answer is all of them. And how many people are there and how long you play. So the first thing to simulate rain is a musical strings fall set in each of these rocks. There's about... 10 or 11 little rainfalls coming down and you can run your hands through it. And as you move your hands through the water strings, it plays different musical notes for you. Yeah, that's cool. And it's a long enough section that, you know, you could be at one end and you could have your kid or your spouse or your date or whoever doing it with you. So the difference of playing it alone, then playing it with two hands, maybe you bring in another person, Again, even as an adult, something that just kind of really started you in wanting to play and see the effect of the water there. Okay, very cool. That's the rain. Yes. Then we moved on to the stream. And you'll see throughout the experience, there's like three little water drops that make up a logo. And often you find them on the ground. And that's where you need to stand to get the most interactivity. So with the stream, you were able to raise your arm and as you raised your hand the water got higher and higher along with your arm oh cool and again we all kind of conceptually know how that works but again as adults you're kind of standing there and you've got the water going one foot two foot three foot it, you know it's rising <laughs> then you're like all right let me drop my hand and see if it falls yeah Very and cool. so again adults play kids play you can do it together create a lot of fun there sounds good so that's the stream where do we go after that the wetlands is one of those fork in the roads where we had to cross that little pond. And that one really doesn't have much of the interactivity element to it. One is kind of going on a bridge with dry water. One is going across wetlands that has water running across the pathway. Got it. Okay. Making way to. And that is where you will find our good friend, Hey Hey. Ooh. So keep your eye out for him there. Uh, that's a nice tidbit. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go after that? Then we head to spring, not as in the season, as in water spring. And again, it's another chance to make water jump. So with your arms, you're creating those little water arcs and sending it different places. It might be pretty hot and sunny at this point. It's one of the only spots that has a bench in it. And if you look very carefully when you go to sit down at the bench... The armrest is carved out to be Pua. Oh, cool. One of those character spots that will just are subtle. I like it. I like it. Yes. From there, we make our way to? From there, we make our way to the section they call land, 
which is a waterfall. There are three different little alcoves to continue on the pathway through a waterfall. One of them is totally dry. Two of them are wet. And if you read the sign, again, this does require a bit of reading. So if you've got those second graders, third graders, it's a great way to have that educational component. And it gives you a little tip for how to part the seas, so to speak, so that you can literally walk through a waterfall and not get wet. Uh, the backside of water. Looking very much forward to that. Uh, I, there you if, go. If, if my number is correct, we've got a, four more. And I, I, usually when you say that, that's your sign that I'm talking too much tonight. <laughs> no, it's just that so, I'm not the math person. So I'm trying to get us to where the proper <laughs> amount is. So I think we have four more. The next one it's going to bring us to is the lake, which is the one that we've all kind of seen the previews of. That is where that absolutely gorgeous Tafiti is. So that big green goddess from the movie. Nice. Some great photo ops. They actually set up a whole little area with a little display there. They also have like a side profile that you can do with her, do some great selfies. I will say again, we talked about how this is a walkthrough attraction, but there's not exits. You need to get all the way through. Right. So it's like Wonka's factory. You got to go forward to go back. You got to go forward. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And again, here's my dorkiness. Here's my taking one for a team. Sure. Right before you get to to Tafiti, there's a sign for restrooms. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what they've done. Because I will give a shout out. My absolute favorite restroom on property is in Toy Story Land. I think it is the best themed restroom anywhere on property. Okay. So I was very excited to go see how they themed the Moana bathroom. When the cast member that was there with janitorial services, there was kind of a little line outside the restroom. And he said, you know, it'll be a minute. This lady is in front of you. I said, no problem. I just want to see. You know, I was excited. I'm one of those dorky people. I wanted to see the theming. And he said, don't get so excited. This is a restroom for in the attraction. It is a unisex bathroom. It is a single bathroom. There is no theming inside. <laughs> oh, so those man. of you that need a bathroom, it is there, but it is literally off the beaten path and not worth checking out just for theming. Okay. So- Imagineers, did you hear me? Go back and put something cool in there. <laughs> yes, figure that out. <laughs> um, After we so leave Tafiti, we, we go where? Out of Lake, we head to River. A similar experience in playing than what we saw before, where you can make the water jump. But this one is set up with six or seven sets of that little water droplet icon that I was talking about. Right. And it's talking about the power of working together. So if you happen to be the only person at the attraction at the time playing, your water isn't going to jump very far. Mm-hmm. Bring it. In a second person waving their hands and the water's going to jump more, get every spot filled and you create something amazing together. Very cool. From river, we head to ocean. And as we're heading from river to ocean, the least subtle of all the characters is there. Moana is there. She is large and in charge and hard to miss. Great photos. And she really is kind of looking over everything. It's neat. Um, The water area for Ocean also has a lot of characters hidden there. So make sure you check that out. And then it has a bunch of those um, 
spurts from the ground. So kind of it's dry. You can see that it's been wet. And then as you're walking over things, they will randomly pop up. We were watching some kids doing push-ups on them to see if they could <laughs> get super wet. Um, again, you can definitely choose your level of wetness for this. I mostly got my hands wet. It felt nice and cool. But there were definitely people that I saw who opted to soap themselves. So <laughs> okay, definitely an option. And we, of course, end where the land meets the sky. And it ends in a water misting area. Oh, cool. So again, kind of seeing that change in the water. And again, every one of these sections explains what does that water do? How is that water different? And not here in Epcot, out in the real world. Yep. What causes these things? And what can we do to continue to protect that valuable resource? That sounds awesome. All right, we're coming to the end. Anything else you want to share about this experience for anybody before we say goodbye? I'm going to give a little bit of a fake disappointment because I know I'll be able to fix this one soon. I want to go back and see it at night because mm. while obviously what it offers is the same, I've seen a couple of shots from there at night and it's semi-different of an attraction because the lighting is just so phenomenal in the way that some of the things appear. So I definitely recommend to people try it in the daytime and try it in the evening, keeping in mind, even though this is a walkthrough attraction, not a ride, I do not expect that they will allow anybody into it after fireworks. So don't plan on stopping and exploring it on, the way on your way out to the bus. Well, I, you've gotten me very excited. I, my next trip to property takes place after it opens. And I know this is something that I'm going to love. My wife, the former science teacher nerd is definitely going to love. And my little nerds that we're raising and the true spirit of Epcot are just going to be completely enamored with. So thanks for giving me the preview. Thanks for giving all of us the preview and have a great week. Thanks, you as well. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share on your Facebook and Instagram for other Disney fans to enjoy. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories.